You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Does DC's Titans believe in the doctrine of original sin? Well, we're going to ask that, sort of. Or genetic sin, family sin? I don't know. Today we're going to be looking at the HBO series Titans and how their past and families sins determine their future and their current standing in the HBO show. Guys, uh, we are Systematic Ecology, the priest to the geeks. I'm Joshua Knoll. I am joined by the one and only, the chill will thrill of Chapel Hill, Will Rose. <laughs> Hello, and, everybody. <laughs> and and we are brought with a special guest. Uh, only our patrons have met before, the one and only Dan Sigmund. Uh, Dan, Hello. Uh, welcome back. Hi. Yeah, uh, you. would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more? Our, our, our audience know me and Will pretty well, but uh, what should they know about you? Um, well, we recently just moved to Graham, North Carolina with my family and three kids, and I do video production uh, for a ministry, and, I, uh, and, and I'm a, I like geeky things. Is that okay? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay, great. Oh, man. So we, we've mentioned on the show before, we were talking about like the history of HBO and our relationship with uh, the channel or now streaming series. Um, Dan, what is, uh, what's your background with HBO and watching stuff on this platform? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess Game of Thrones would have been the intro to it, uh, which, which I really enjoyed. Um, didn't, wasn't super bothered by season eight. I know a lot of fans didn't love it. Um, but yeah. HBO really, I mean, I, uh, recently I, I told my wife we should stop Netflix because I don't use it that much. And she's like, well, that's all that I watch. And, and recently HBO has been all that I've been watching with Westworld <laughs> that has been canceled. Raised by Wolves was great. That, that had been canceled. Apparently Titans now is canceled. Um, even <laughs> there's a show called Barry that I really like with, uh, oh. Bill Hader. I love it so much. It's dark, but it is so freaking good. Yes. I love Barry. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple things on HBO I watch. I feel like mostly I watch Paramount Plus these days. They had a they had a Tulsa King and then they now they have um, that show with Harrison Ford. I can't think of the name of it. And then they have all the Star Trek stuff over there. And I just got into Star Trek. I've been in I've been into the old movies for a while, but I just started getting into some of the other shows like last year. So it's a lot to catch up on. So I'm on Paramount Plus a lot. So. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's jump right into our topic, talking about the Titans show on HBO. Um, You know, the Teen Titans, but adults. So now they're just Titans. Um, I I wanted to start with, you know, speaking of the Teen Titans, I know that's a lot of people's entry point to some of these characters was the old, uh, I believe, is 90s or 2000 cartoon of the Teen Titans. Uh, Now there's one that's Teen Titans Go. I don't enjoy it much, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So for me, my history of these characters were a, that show. And then when I started reading comics, I mentioned on the show before I was picking up graphic novels at our public library and, you know, putting the captain America or whatever on top and then other stuff underneath like Hellboy and all that. So my parents just saw that I got captain America, you know, but, uh, one of the ones I would sometimes have on top was the Titans graphic novels. So I read a couple of those, um, it was one of the only DC things that I, I enjoyed at that time when I was in high school. So, yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was I read, but I do remember reading some Titans graphic novels and enjoying them. Um, 
Will, I know you have lots to say on this subject. What is <laughs> What's your entry point well, to the Titans, and what, what do you want to share about the history of, of these characters and all that? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up just buying comics off the spinner rack at um, you know my local little gas station down the road from my house, and, and those kinds of things. So, so I, I was a big X Men fan, and and you know that was like the teen book of the eighties was like the 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 teen book and the teen book were the uncanny X Men. Well, DC was like we got to have our own, and so they relaunched. Um, not that they were copying; they had these in their bag for a long, long time. But they uh, they the new Teen Titans they launched in nineteen eighty four and with Marv Wolfman and George Perez kind of as their big, uh, big all-star creative team behind that book. And so that really kind of brought them to the forefront and kind of like the comic book stands of the, of the eighties. Um, and so they've always, you know, since the sixties or since, you know, psychics have been around, been, but bringing them together, what was a big deal kind of, of, of the comics. And then I do remember the cartoons and where go, uh, Teen Titans go that actually the movie, the Teen Titans go movie was, um, it's absolutely hilarious. I, uh, man, I need to go back and watch that again. I found that extremely funny, but, um, yeah, so, so they're on my radar and, and one of my favorite DC characters is, is Dick Grayson, is Robin, is Nightwing, um, as, as kind of like the counterpart to the brooding of Batman. He was the one that's a little bit more, he was in a circus. Yeah. He experienced trauma too, but, but he had different, he was a little bit more lighthearted. He's kind of like a Peter Parker that shared, um, you know, jokes every now and then, or was able to just have a, have fun and look at the brighter side of, of life. And so he has his own kind of comic book, Nightwing and being on his own, he's always kind of a ladies man and, and, a, and a leader and uh, just different from Bruce Wayne. And so this, we'll get into it in a little bit, but so when I, I didn't watch the Titans TV show, cause that was on the DC app. Um, and I, I did not have that app, but then when it moved over to HBO, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get to that one of these days. Um, and and for those who don't know, you had the DC streaming app that then Warner Brothers uh, bought out uh, DC and brought all that DC property over to HBO because they're a big part of that. So so anyway, and I was like, man, I, I need to watch this one of these days because I heard it had a different tone. It was a little bit more edgy, a lot of F-bombs. You know, it's HBO. It's, it's got... DC was trying to be edgy and then HBO was like, cool, you drop F bombs and, and, and trying to be more edgy. We'll, we'll, we'll do some more seasons. And then, um, so doing this series got me to, to watch, watch this show. And I'm, and I'm glad I did, even though it's a little different from the Teen Titans that I grew up with or know personally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in the comics now, even, uh, Nightwing is like the main guy and the Titans are kind of taking the place of Justice League more or less. Right. Yeah, Tom Taylor's run on that, and and that was also kind of awesome. hard too because as I'm reading this kind of reboot of of Nightwing with Tom Taylor, he is more positive and and is willing to give yeah. like Bruce Wayne a hug and be thankful for <laughs> all that he's been through and all those kinds of things. And so juxtaposed that Dick Grayson with the one that we see in this HBO series was a little jarring to get used to, but hey, it's a different take. And we'll talk more about why that's a different take when you have like trauma and traumatic experiences and bad choices and and sin uh, as, as you introduced at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of funny things with Robin, I'm, I'm going to get to Dan in, in a minute, but I, I just want to point out something that I think is hilarious. Uh, when I was growing up, my brother is five years younger than me, so he was always much smaller than me. So for whatever reason, at Halloween, we kept doing the same joke in different versions. You know, one year he was Scooby and I was Scrappy. Um, so one year he was Batman and I was Robin. 
So you had this tiny nice. little Batman and the big tall Robin following him around. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I've always, always loved sidekicks. So Teen Titans have always been like, I love this team. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, what's uh, what were your introduction to these these characters and all that? Um, uh, mostly uh, a little bit familiar with it. I was familiar with the animated show Teen Titans. I I knew it existed. And it was kind of like, okay, Robin, Aqualad, Wonder Girl, like, oh, the younger versions of the Justice League. That's fine. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get around to watching this show um, until a couple weeks ago when Will asked me to come on the podcast. And uh, so I watched, I watched through season two, and I was going to watch a recap of the the rest of the episodes. But I enjoyed it so much that. Uh, I stopped because I, I actually am going to continue watching and just enjoy enjoy the rest of the series without having to uh, prepare, do homework. I want to know what happens. Yeah. Don't I, tell me. No, you can yeah. tell me. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I did hear somewhere that sometimes spoilers make um, make make a show or or a book better because you're not like um, like so the tension's not so high that you're worried about what's going to happen next. So you kind of the the, the stress is laid off so you can kind of enjoy the story and the journey more. But I will say that like Daniel, I never heard or thought of this before when Daniel gave me this geek hack and, and it's it, maybe other people do it, but this is a, a brilliant geek hack. He was like, Will, if you don't finish the series, just watch the previously on recaps before each episode for the rest of the seasons. It's like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And I did that. I got through almost um, season three. Um, and then, and then I, I, Kind of no 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 through season two and so three and four I did the the previously on and they do a really good job of telling the story and I do like Superboy I, Superboy I like Connor oh, I like man. his story yeah. so I'm probably going to go back and watch his his arc in there more but um, that I was like oh Daniel you just changed my life if I have to watch <laughs> things to, for a podcast or or want to know what people are talking about <laughs> so good. I simply refuse to do that. I have to see the I have to see the whole thing. I just I have to. Um man, I yeah, I love I love Superboy in this. And and earlier today, another one of our hosts, uh, David Pizarro, reminded me Superboy is in Smallville. So I'm mm. gonna have to go back and, and rewatch those parts because I was talking to him about this episode and how we're talking about, you know, genetic sin. And he was like, Oh yeah, Smallville talked about that with Superboy and I was like, They did and I completely forgot about it. So I have to check that out. Um, I did like Smallville as well. That was a good show. We'll I was on that doing for a, a Smallville while. episode. Y'all, y'all be looking for that Smallville episode. It's gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah. So this show, this show was a lot of fun. Um, the one there was a lot of problems starting off. I was very hesitant with this show. They completely changed Starfire. Um, Dick Grayson's a lot edgier than he was in Teen Titans. Uh, there isn't even Cyborg. Cyborg somehow in in all the chaos of the last whatever dc films now cyborg is mostly thought of as justice league i guess rather than titans but the reason he's not part of this is because cyborg was in doom patrol getting ready to become a justice league person one day doom patrol is also i don't know if it's good or not but it's very addictive and both series right now are through half of season four so neither are finished they're about to finish in a couple months (sighs) which is killing me I just want to see the end. So, yeah, I was wondering. So the Titans, did they cancel it after halfway through season four? Or are they doing like another, like finishing that season out? And then they're going to be like, we're done. Yeah, yeah. They're going to finish the season out. We got like a month or two before they do release the second half. Okay, gotcha. 
I'm going crazy. I need to I need to see the finish to this. I love what they're doing in season four. But we'll talk about that in a minute. For now, let's talk about who the Titans are. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I mentioned they did make some changes from the cartoon. I, it might be more in line with the comics. I don't really know. I mostly remember the cartoon. Um, so Dick Grayson, he starts off as Robin, who doesn't want to be Robin anymore, becomes Nightwing. We've kind of talked about him already. Um, Beast Boy, it was, it's interesting in this, Beast Boy doesn't start off full power, able to do anything. And for a long time, I was worried he was only going to be able to turn into a tiger until <laughs> some stuff happens later on and you realize, oh, okay, so he, he can do other things. In fact, Dan, plug your ears. In season four, he becomes, like, what, what was it, an amoeba or something? Like, he, he actually becomes a, a kind of living creature that can embody, go into someone's body, and he goes into yeah. Superboy and fights this, like, virus thing. I was like, what? It was awesome. Um, did you have anything else y'all wanted to say about Beast Boy? Only that he is just, like, so sweet and so positive, and everybody needs to keep that guy around. Some, some, every, every group needs a gar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt like he was very close to his his uh, cartoon counterpart too. Just very chill and fun and good guy. Liked him. I liked him a lot. Um, another one I thought was pretty close to the old cartoon was Raven, and mm-hmm. her story kind of um, is like what season one is about. Her backstory, basically. <laughs> so I thought it was really cool how much attention they gave to her and her family and all that. Um, Will, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about Rachel? No, I just thought that was a good place to start being like the younger one and, and her origin story and dealing with the darkness. They're all dealing with the darkness. It's a good way. They use her as a vehicle to share people's origin stories without going like a whole big deep into a whole episode of origin stories. She would just touch them, read their mind and see visions of with their traumatic experience. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Like I, I didn't have to spend like three episodes of like mm-hmm. Robin's origin story. Uh, she just saw what happened to him and why and same with Gar and with others to um starfire like she you, they could use her as a vehicle and then she was the one who was like the darkness and that the end her her dad is a big teen titan villain or really a villain in the whole yeah. dc universe so for her um to have that kind of origin story where you start you focus on her uh, it was pretty good and i will say that like it when this came out it does seem like hey you know um netflix has daredevil and and um umbrella academy and stranger things is popular so we're going to make like a dc show that has like gritty fighting bloody f-bombs and like a stranger things vibe with raven um like 11 i did i couldn't help but look through that lens and be like oh we would dc wanted to have their own version of stranger things or, or, or Daredevil uh, from Netflix, like the gritty punch in the hallways and, and people cussing. So I, I couldn't help but see it through that way. So that's what they're kind of, hey, this seems popular. Let's see if we go down this route in, in kind of our storytelling, story writing. Yeah. I, you know, I get the Daredevil vibe from um, what they did with Nightwing anyway. He definitely yep. kind of has that kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the other main one, I guess, is Starfire or Coriander. Is that how you say that? Her name? I'm bad at names. Yeah, me too. But uh, Starfire, uh, the main thing they changed here that, you know, some people are upset about, some people don't care at all, is uh, in, in this, she has a different skin color. She is a woman of color in this, which I thought was cool. I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, whatever. 
I mean, think about like, all right, in the cartoon, she's orange. And so do you like, do we want to CGI like her <laughs> and her people yeah. and her sister, like all orange? You know, like I thought it was pretty smart. It's like, yeah, it, it, she's an alien, a different race um, or skin color in, in the comics and in this. Um, it, so, so why not? What, let's just lean into like a strong person of color that like, you know, black skin or, or, you know, dark skin, brown skin that, that you could, you don't have to worry about CGI and you're, you're employing more people of color and diversity into your, your comic books. So I, yeah. I thought that was a brilliant way to go. And I think she really got the character down. Like, that's what I care about. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, Peter Parker could look nothing like Peter Parker in the comics at all. But if the movies get the character right, I'm happy, you know, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so that's those are the main ones. Did y'all have any of the other characters that kind of come in and out throughout the seasons that are part of the Titans that you wanted to highlight? Daniel, seasons one and two. What is there? Is there a favorite of yours um, <laughs> that stands out for you that made you want to keep watching? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, Jason Jason Todd is a yeah. uh, tragic character. I I just want to give him a hug, except I'm afraid he'd punch me in the nose. <laughs> but he just yeah like he just he yeah especially in season two uh just like so mistreated by the rest of the people misunderstood by the rest of the the uh, titans um i thought he was a as a very interesting and complicated character hank's hank who plays hawk uh he seems like someone who uh we would not be friends um it's kind of jock kind of a kind of a uh, cocky jerk. Um, but even you <laughs> throughout season two, it's like, okay, all right, this guy's figuring things out. I could, I could kick it with him. Those two, I think were maybe the most interesting. Um, I mean, I guess they're yeah. super boy, but I, you know, I'm only through season two, yeah. so I, I still have to got to see some more character yeah. development with him before, before I have a real opinion. Yeah. I love Connor Kent, super boy. And I'm told from my other comic book fans, which will can confirm or deny this, that, that's probably the part that they get most comic book accurate. It's kind of his story, mm-hmm. his background and his character. Yeah. I, I love Yeah. That. I mean, he emerged in the, in the nineties um, when they did the big death of Superman, um, like event in the nineties and killed off Superman. So then like, okay, this guy shows up as Superboy. What's his backstory. So they slowly revealed kind of what his backstory was and, and how he was created and how he emerged. And, and I think they do it. And they eventually they put him on, on the Titans or teen Titans. And I think that's, that's great. And I'll, I'll also say that like Hawk and Dove, I don't know something about this show. Those, those characters, um, I, I did not like, um, and I don't, I've never seen them in the comic books. I read a little bit about kind of their background in the comics. I've never really had a Hawk and Dove comic, but, but man, whenever they showed up on the screen or had like their time, I, I fast forward those episodes. That was just me. I, I did not like them at all. Um, and I don't know what it was about them that made me feel that way, but that was me personally. See, I agree with you all up until the end of Hawk's story arc. He he won me over at the at the end of his arc. Which is what season? I don't want to get into that. In in, <laughs> in season three, it <laughs> kind of wrapped stuff up for him. Yeah. Yeah. You're too kind. But, You're too kind. Yeah, and he plays another great character on on Amazon. Amazon was it? Uh, is it Jack Reacher? Is it is it Reacher or um? I don't know. There's another yeah, TV show so. he's on where. 
where he is fantastic. I love it's the Lee Child Child books um, that has the main character. He plays the main character from the Lee Lee Child books. These kind of like ex kind of um, army person who comes to town and kind of saves the day each and um, every book and novel, and then leaves. You know, kind of man on the run. But he um in that show he is fantastic. And so when he showed up on this, it was like awesome. Yay! Here's that dude I know from that <laughs> other show. And That's but funny. then I was like, oh, ha, dude, you're killing me every time. He's like dropping. Yeah bombs and doesn't like dick and i understand he's jealous but i'm like oh can we get over it can we grow up please <laughs> yeah very middle school vibe from them up until yeah. the end yeah. up until the mm-hmm. end um, okay so okay. what's funny is okay. the two i did i wanted to highlight that weren't the main ones y'all didn't mention yet and, and the reason that's funny is it means that none of us are going to highlight wonder girl apparently none of us care about donna troy she exists she's a wonder woman wannabe basically um <laughs> she was not as interesting as i thought she would be or hoping she would be. Yeah. She was kind yeah. of a boring character. At first, it seemed like her and um, Dick Grayson's relationship might be interesting. And then they kind of she kind of dropped it, I guess. It was weird. But I wanted to bring attention to Tim Drake. They they just kind of started his story a little bit. And it looks like he's going to become a Robin without a Batman. And that's really interesting to me. That he's kind of becoming Robin while under Dick Grayson's leadership. Which is yeah. kind of a nice poetic mm-hmm. tone to it for me, where, you know, Bruce has had uh, Dick Grayson as Robin and then they had their out and he ended up becoming a hero. Uh, then he took on Jason Todd, who ends up not becoming a hero, you know. <laughs> so it, it's interesting that now the next Robin is actually going to be kind of mentored by the original Robin. So that's kind of cool. Uh, then I don't know if, if she counts or not, but Jinx. I find her introduction mm-hmm. in the fourth season really interesting just because that's something that I like DC's version better than Marvel's is when they do magic stuff. I feel like DC does magic a little bit better. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I do like kind of the, the rotating who's going to be the next sidekick for, for Batman. Does he need one? Does he not? Does he, he Does he, we'll talk about this a little bit, transfer his trauma onto the kids and is he doing right to raise them or not? Is he a good adopted dad or not? I mean, they, those are all the questions that the comics have been playing around with for a really long time and, and the mistakes he's made and the regrets he's made, but the kind of the bat family, um, yeah, and and Dick and Jason and and um, Tim are are different people, and so I think the show does portray that those differences pretty pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, I think, and and it's just fun to see these like three different generations of Robin in just four seasons. You know, it's it's pretty cool to see. Um, and yeah, the reason we talk so much about the characters is it's very much to me a character driven show. You you know, like it's not I'm not super interested because the plot is fantastic, something I've never seen before or the visuals are that cool. more. I feel like I'm invested because these characters are really captivating. Would you all agree with that? I agree to the point where both of the season finales, I felt like were just a little bit anticlimactic. But I think it's because the uh, characters um, were centered. And it was more about the characters and how they've grown throughout the show, uh, grown and changed rather than making a well, I, I, the uh, the the death stroke. That was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool fight. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> it all see, it just seemed uh, rushed and wrapped up very quickly in, in both of those two seasons. I, I think it was my f- second favorite death stroke. Uh, my favorite being the, the one in Arrow. God, they got him. He was so oh, yeah. Slade was so cool in Arrow. 
we mentioned we mentioned earlier we're talking about the characters um superboy connor kent a big part of his thing is he was a genetic child basically of like his half genetics come from lex and half of them come from clark kent so he's like superman with lex luther's brain kind of deal and does he get either of their virtues passed down genetically who knows and that's just sort of what's what's interesting is i feel like that kind of highlights the theme of this show as a whole so if you're going through the season season one is kind of about raven and her dad and how her family history is impacting her the sins of the father kind of deal and does that seal her destiny you know, does her dad's evil seal who he, she has to be? Does it determine that? Mm. And, you you know, you see that also kind of with Robin and uh, or Robin, huh? Dick Grayson and um, Bruce Wayne's relationship. You see that same kind of thing of did what Bruce do determine who Robin has to be? And that's a big theme in um, season three. Season two, we have Slade. And that's kind of did what the old Titans did with Hawk, Dove and Robin at the time did what they did determine what the new Titans are going to have to be. Um, and then even, even season four, you know, now we're kind of getting into a little bit different stuff with like magic versus sci-fi, you know, can, um, why is Superman, which is funny. I didn't know this until the show, but Superman's one of Superman's weaknesses is magic. Mm-hmm. So you see, you know, Connor sure. Kent finally kind of got a little bit arrogant. Some of his Lex Luthor starts showing up and all of a sudden magic comes into the scene and kind of knocks him down a peg. <laughs> And, and it's funny because even in that, though, we're seeing some new characters pop up and tying back to Robin's dad and different stuff like that. And the question, again, is, is what the previous generation did going to determine the current generation's future? So I, I, I don't know. Do, do, does it seem like I'm kind of on point here? Is that sort of what the show's main question is? Yeah. Uh, I mean, with the Raven character, you have her in season one. And she sees this uh, other side of her uh, reflected in in mirrors and in glass. And you see it. Um, She sees this darkness. But uh, I was watching the show and they kept on having all these shots um, with reflections of the characters. And at at first I thought, like, are the cinematographers (laughs) just trying to do something cool here and make it look neat? But no, I think what they're trying to highlight is, yes, Raven has this darkness inside her, but so do all of the other characters mm-hmm. um yeah like every single one of them are struggling with their identity even with uh uh what's her name coriander starfire um mm-hmm. yeah i mean she literally doesn't even know who she is throughout most of season one so it's pretty yeah uh it was pretty well, interesting yeah and what's ironic about that is coriander's sister eventually comes into the thing and a lot of her story ends up becoming is her uh society the history of her family going to determine her future you know again it's the same question for her story um i think beast boy is one of the only characters that you don't really have that kind of arc with yet right and and he he tends to be a little bit nicer yeah and more lovable because i mean (laughs) there you go like i'm going through my (laughs) list here and i'm like dick grayson yep that's his story uh that's raven's story it's starfire story it's jason todd's story uh, Dove and Hawk, less so. It's sort of more of their own past coming back to haunt them. Connor Kent, mm-hmm. that's his story. Tim Drake, we don't know what his story is going to be yet, so I don't know. But uh, Wonder Girl, <laughs> definitely her story. It's definitely Jinx's story. Like, it's definitely like all of these characters have this darkness, and it seems like most of them, it's attached to, you know, their family or th- their past of some sort, or even genetics. 
Yeah, I, um, I I think you're right. Like generational trauma and what you do with your trauma is is a big part of of this of these stories and these characters. And they've always been really superheroes too. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you've had you've had a bad experience. You've had trauma. There's something that's a disaster that's happened. How do you respond to it? Um, are you going to respond by not wanting others to experience the same thing you did, or are you going to want or or want others? to um, experience the same thing you did. So that's the difference between Batman and Joker is like Batman is like, I don't want other people to experience the same way I did when my parents died. So I'm going to stop crime by any means necessary um, or not any means necessary, but I'm going to do <laughs> everything I can and, and my resources to, to make sure that Joker is like, I experienced this trauma and I want others to experience the same thing and create chaos. And so that's why it was a little off for me. Like, you know, when, when, you know, I know what they're trying to do. They wanted to create some buzz and controversy and clickbait <laughs> when Dick Grayson, and looks at the um, you know camera and says "F Batman," you know you're kind of like, okay, what's going on here? How is this different than than the comics? I'll, I'll keep watching, but but I think that the, the generational trauma, and I think that relates to our own lives. Yeah, original sin. Um, are you born evil, born good? I think there's one point where Starfire even is talking with Rachel, and she's like, "Look, we're not born good or bad. We're we are the ch- our choices are the ones that set our destiny." And then later on, Rachel's like, "Nope." I was born bad <laughs> and I was, I kind of want to be there in the middle and say like, look <laughs> y'all. Um, yeah, we, we are born. Um, uh, when we were created, God said it is good, but yet we're not separate from our context and relationships. So yeah, I am the choices that I make and that determines my destiny, but I'm not just like on my own, a clean slate. I'm born into a family system. I'm born into a community. I'm born into a mm-hmm. particular context and that helps shape or nurtures or or derails the choices that I try to make in this world. So yeah, original sin, if you see it as kind of like we're all caught up in kind of a a broken system um, and we're captive to that, then then that is what um, we got to wrestle with and think through moving forward with the choices that we make. Yeah. And then I think one of the most interesting parts when we're talking about generational sin, even this is you're talking about the difference of the comics in the show. In this, you see trauma that occurred because of Bruce's parents affects Bruce, which affects the two Robins, right? And it affects even, you saw where it affected Dick Grayson, and he poorly led the original Titans team because of his trauma. And then it came back to Mm -hmm. haunt this new Titans team, and he's forced to say, how can I do things differently? And what this is why I think season two might be the best version of the story that they're trying to tell is he not only is he faced with that choice he's able to speak to the trauma of Slade's child and change mm-hmm. not only the you know the trajectory of the Titans team but also the trajectory of Slade's family line and that's how you truly yeah. beat your villains i mean if all you did was kill Slade then you're going to make his child a villain and it just keeps going on this is like real problem solving is you kind of get to the root of it you address that generational trauma that's going on here yeah, and I think that's why the next generation, you know, just focusing on mental mental health and and counseling and and uh, really going deep into uh, you know where you've come from and where you're going to be intentional with those things is is pretty important. I mean, there's there are those out there who's like, hey, you should just be you know strong and pull up your you know from your bootstraps or calling people snowflakes because they want to take mm-hmm. a. Um, you know, a, a mental health day, but you're like, no, that there's some real, real trauma and real, there's some, some you know, broken systems out there that we're trying to break free from. And so, so how do we, how do we heal together? How do 
we um, acknowledge and be honest with one another about what's going on within us. And I think a lot of the conflicts within the show are them not acknowledging their trauma, but then also like turn away from it or self-medicating. I mean, poor Jason Todd, like he, yeah. he turns just like design his own drug and those kinds of things. And so they, they deal with that kind of stuff. And that's been a part of the comics too. But um, I, I think, yeah. How are we self-medicating? Are we pulling a community? How do we work together as a team? That's why I love team books and I love these kind of team yeah. superhero stuff because it really goes into like, how do we not only leadership, but like how are we going to acknowledge and be in relationship with one another for a common goal? And it really frustrates me if one of them doesn't acknowledge what they're going through or they want to hide or run away. Uh, it's just like, Oh, yeah. come on, you can do this. But that's, that's the yeah. drama of the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to ask Daniel a second. So you're a ministry setting. You've grown up in, in terms of like the question of like original sin or original blessing, like where, where is that in terms of, as you see it in a ministry setting, but also like through the lens of this particular show, like, is it either or, or is it both and, or, you know, where, what, what's your kind of take on that? Sure. I mean, well, I, I mean, I grew up uh, um, mostly being taught that we're all totally be- depraved and incapable of doing any good on our own without the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, mm-hmm. I've learned I've learned that that might be that might be a little bit extreme. <laughs> and it wasn't until um, much later um, when I learned from other traditions, uh, the emphasis of our uh, us being made in the image of God and our image of Godness. Mm-hmm. It was like I was I was taught we are all terrible, terrible people, terrible sinners and um and then God comes in and fixes us when when actually we start off being made um, good and then we are corrupted by uh, sin or our selfishness. But but there's so I guess I would say both at this point, both and is how I'd look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And, and yeah, in season two, I was uh, pretty disappointed uh, when when uh, Dick finally did the right thing and came clean with everyone. And then they all except Gar just took off. Um, <laughs> they could they could definitely yeah. use uh, I don't know try try on some empathy and and maybe compassion. <laughs> uh, be a be a family again. Come on, guys, you're a family. Yeah, yeah. that's the whole reason. Yeah. That's the whole reason in season one. Um, uh, it was because of the way that they grew in their relationships that they were able to come together and and the the girl they were trying to protect at the beginning of season one ended up being the one who. Um, saved everyone else so mm. yeah good stuff. some good good poetry in that too but yeah well i mean that's basically the question i was gonna ask um <laughs> what was kind of the uh and i thought it was interesting because the question of connor kent takes the overall question of the story a little bit deeper of can you know sin bad virtue principles whatever bad personality can it be passed down through genetics because you see connor kent does pick up some stuff from Lex Luthor, you know, not just intellect, but also some, you know, some of the arrogance, some of the, well, if I ruled the world kind of starts popping up later on in the show and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's not you. That's Lex. And people start seeing Lex in him and he's never spent time with Lex. And if you hear stories of people who adopted a child and they knew the original parents, even if the kid never knew them, you kind of hear a lot of that kind of stuff where the kid ends up being a lot like the parents, even if they didn't have that direct influence sometimes. So I, I don't know. I wonder how possible is that kind of thing for generational sin, generational problems like that to be passed down, even if it's not through exposure? Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, there's smart geneticists out there who can who can uh, you know chime in on our message <laughs> yeah. boards and and let us know. I, th- I think yeah, it goes back to the nature nurture um, you know question and and yeah, there there are times when like you know my dad um, you know is a recovering alcoholic and and uh, quit cold mm-hmm. turkey and and uh, you know God bless him, but he's not the most patient man. And so you know when I um, great dad uh, did a lot of great things for us growing up, but then you know so when I if I'm impatient and someone says like oh you're acting like your dad, I'm like oh you know what are you what are uh, you saying you know was it just around that or i had to keep an eye on my own alcohol consumption like I, I like a good beer like a good few beers but i need to like know that this is my family history and i need to be aware of that um and yeah. and so i i think i think all that and then there's people who like see my kids and are like oh man they're like the perfect uh, merger of your wife and you in terms of like um <laughs> You know, yeah. the, the way they act, the way they carry themselves. And I'm like, oh, that's a great thing. But then I wonder like, oh, man, I wonder what they've inherited from me that <laughs> isn't so perfect that they're going to later on. And I was like, ah, I don't want to be like this because my dad acted this way. But, um, yeah, I think it goes down to the nature nurture and then being aware of those things. And those, and this is why I'm thankful of the sciences, social sciences, mental health, um, and even the yeah. geneticists to kind of look and see um, and, and think through those, those big questions to try to make the world a better place. Dan, you had something you wanted to add? Yeah, I actually did read about a study. It was a few, I read it a few years ago. Um, But basically they did this test with mice where uh, one area of the cage, if they went near it, they would get lightly zapped. And so the mice knew to avoid that. Um, But then the next generation of mice also automatically avoided the same area. So somehow, Mm. somehow they, they, that behavior passed on. Now I I do think a lot of it is going to be, your situation, your family history, your background. Um, and there was a story of a woman who was estranged from her father because he was abusive when she was a child. Um, and then when she realized, like, oh, he was abusive because he was abused when he was a child, um, she was able to forgive him and and they were able to restore their relationship. So Crazy empathy, stuff. guys. Empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this stuff of genetic sin family sin original sin stuff the church has been wrestling with forever right i mean uh right to this day i believe the catholic church you know believes you know mary also needed to be born of a virgin right or, or at some point that was a doctrine that Immaculate was taught. conception yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. because you know sin passed down so she couldn't be born of human because then sin would have passed down to her and it would have got to jesus so we can't have that you know um a lot of the idea of original sin being that because Adam sinned, it passed down to everyone. I see a, a world of wickedness. I get where that idea comes from. I understand like where they track that in the Bible. For for me personally, you know, a lot of people in our on our team, you know, talking about all systematic ecology, a lot of them do believe in original sin and that kind of stuff. Um, personally, I also I read that original sin of Adam verse followed by Christ came to save the world, not some of the world. So, you know, I think we're all born with, a, you know, new. I, I believe things are different now since Jesus. But that doesn't mean everyone's saved. You still have to choose redemption. Uh, you know, it's all kind of little uh, to get Doctor Who on everybody. It's a little bit wibbly wobbly, but I don't think original is the same that I used to think it. 
Yeah, and just like if I didn't choose sin because I was born into it through Adam and then Christ is the new Adam, um, do I have to choose salvation? I mean, that's the other argument of kind of universal salvation. Yeah. I'll push back a little bit on, on that. So like if Christ is the new Adam, if all died in Adam and um, and then all are alive in Christ, as Paul says, it, it leans into that. Um, it opens the door to universalism uh, that, that I think uh, we need to acknowledge. But I think it is interesting to me that before like um, there was this kind of collective group think of, of passing down sin from one generation to another, even though they didn't have genetics or a scientific understanding of how that works yeah. in the same way, like Genesis begins with water and that, <laughs> you know, scientists will say that life begins in water and emerges out of that and more complex organisms continue to grow, even though they didn't understand like an evolutionary process or study that there was still this understanding that life began in water in the same way, like they can see that like, um, generational trauma and family sin passed down from one generation mm -hmm. to the next is is a reality that they all um, that we all deal with. And basically, just so I'm clear, with everybody, I'm saying that I'm not really sure. I just don't think original sin worked the way that I was taught it, but I don't really know how mm -hmm. it works. I think it might be one of those things that's a little bit beyond my uh, human comprehension, perhaps. With that, we're getting we're getting to the end of this. I know that was so, some deep conversation, guys. Jump in our Discord. Uh, we have a confession with the saints channel on there you could jump in there and let us know what you think about original sin i don't really have any clear answers so i'd love to talk to you guys about it um and you know one thing we do with all these episodes before we before we end them um and you know i'm gonna put, i'm gonna make dan answer first actually we've been asking questions about your your tv binging habits so this time i wanted to ask when you're when you're going to watch a show how do you do it? Do you sit? Do you lay? Do you have a blanket? Are you in your pajamas? Like, what is your your go to comfort place when you're when you're binging a show, Dan? Uh, I like the couch. We have we have these electric uh, couches where you you hold a button and the the uh, foot rest comes up. Um, mm. Now this this is all changed a little bit from my preference because what I used to do, um, especially on nights when my wife was working is I would pull a chair right up in front of the TV about four feet and I'd, <laughs> I'd wear comfy clothes, go grab a beer and a snack and just immerse myself in the show from that location. And uh, it's harder to do it. We had to mount our TV in our new house, so I can't can't have a quite have the same experience, which is oh, a real bummer. Yeah. But that's OK. <laughs> I nice. uh, man, my my habits, not not too very surprisingly to to anyone at all. My habits exist because of Kingdom Hearts 3. When the game was about to come out, mind you, between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, or 1 and 3, half of my life had passed, literally, since this story began to when they were supposedly going to end the love story between Kyrie and Sora. So I went out and bought the biggest TV that Best Buy sold at the time. I was planning on getting a chair and all this, and it was when Tiffany and I first started dating and stuff. Ended up kind of having a compromise, so we have this kind of... Uh, two-part seat so i have this giant tv mounted on the wall for kingdom hearts that now we use for other stuff for some reason um <laughs> and the chair is uh it was customizable like it, it was supposed to be a sectional that you could customize so she has her part that way that she wanted and then i have my part the way that i wanted so she has hers as kind of like a i forget what, what's it called when the legs go out like they stay out the ottoman Nah, no yes but no i don't know, I don't know. but the, but her back is electric and the legs are always there i don't like the electric i like to let my weight <laughs> cat a corner the chair 
exactly to where my body wants to rest, you know, my natural gravity resting spot. So I have mine just like the little pull lever, the legs go out and I let my weight just put the chair where it needs to be. And uh, I got like a big fleece blanket because I'm always cold and I have a kind of chubby beagle that sits on my lap named Copper. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad, that's not a bad TV mate. No, yeah. It, for me, it just depends on when I'm, I'm watching. Like if I'm waking up at on Wednesday mornings early before everybody else to grab my coffee and watch the latest episode of Bad Batch or Mandalorian, um, then I'm sitting up with my cup of coffee trying to pay attention. Um, afternoon, I'm probably doing other different kind of things, multitasking. At night, I'm trying not to fall asleep because if I lay down or if I get too comfortable while watching a show, I'm going to fall asleep at the end of the day. So I have to like find ways to keep moving um, while while I'm watching that show. Unless I want to fall asleep while watching a show, then then I'll get I'll get comfy. So yeah. that's where I am. Depends on the day and context. Yeah. I choose what show I'm binging based off whether or not I think I'm going to fall asleep while I watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, with that, uh, of course, you can always go to systematicgeekology.org. We have a host tab. You'll find my name and Will's name there. Uh, you can go to guests to see other episodes that Daniel's a part of for now. Um, also, on the same website, you could check out our merch. You can go to our Patreon from there, that Discord I mentioned earlier. It's on there. Everything goes through that website. So whatever you want to see of us, you can find it there. So yeah, systematicecology.org is a good spot. We might be um, creating a new t-shirt for you to get here pretty soon. Josh and I were texting yeah. today about a new, yeah. t- new yeah, t-shirt. We, we, have, a, we have some wait. ideas. We have, we have some, some ideas. ideas. And I'll also say, make sure you go over to our YouTube page and subscribe and like. There's a video of Daniel and I talking about the slate of DCU um, that's expanding from James Gunn. This whole new slate is coming out. So if you hop over there, you can watch that video, like, subscribe, uh, share with your friends. Yeah. And, and of course, we need you all to do one other thing for us. And that is to remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.